ಸಹನಾವತು ಸಹನೋಭುನಕ್ತು ಸಹವೀರ್ಯಂಕರವಹೈ ತೇಜಸ್ವಿನಾವಧೀತಮಸ್ತು ಮಾಷಾವಹೈ ಶಾಂತಿಶಾಂತಿಶಾಂತಿಶಾಂತಿ ನಮ ಶ್ರೀಶಂಕರಂದ ಗುರುಪಾದಾಂಬುಜನ್ಮನೆ ಗುರುಪಾದಾಂಬುಜನ್ಮನೆ ಸವಿಲಾಸ ಮಹಾಮೋಹ ಸವಿಲಾಸ ಮಹಾಮೋಹ ಗ್ರಾಹಗ್ರಾಸೈಕಕರ್ಮಣೆ ಗ್ರಾಹಗ್ರಾಸೈಕಕರ್ಮಣೆ yesterday we were discussing this dialogue between the teacher and the and the disciple or teacher the wise man how he is addressing two persons both are ignorant however one who wants to learn and the other who wants to argue one who wants to learn is shishya the disciple the other who wants to argue is an opponent so these two people are there and the teacher is addressing them <coughs> one says in the verse 62 sakshayeva drushyad anyasmat prayan ityah tatvavit prayan putradarevemam bhoktum sakshiti mudadihi tatvavit the wise man says sakshayeva anyasmat drushyad prayan that it is sakshi the witness that alone is the dearest with reference to all other everything else anyasmat drushyad whatever is drushya whatever is object with reference to that sakshi alone is priyatama meaning most beloved <coughs> while mudadhi a person of deluded intellect what does he say priyan putradhiyeva says no no it is not the atma who is priya or dear it is a son or someone else he is very dear so that is the most dear and evam imam bhaktum sakshi where sakshi the self is for enjoyment of that love or happiness but the object of love is someone else atma is the one that enjoys that love this is moodhi this is what an ignorant person says in short the wise man says that it is atma who is the most beloved the other fellow says no no it is he he is someone else like son or wife or someone like that he is a dearest <coughs> and so it is said atmanonyam priyam brute shishyacha prativyadapi thus it is shishya or disciple adalas pratiwadi the opponent both of them say atmanah anyam priyam both of them say that someone other than atma is there so shishya also thinks because of ignorance our experience naturally is i don't necessarily love myself i don't see a great love for the self i see in my life a love for someone else maybe a friend or my son my wife somebody i find to be dearest and not myself this is our experience so there is a difference between the wise and the ignorant person is a matter of ex- discovering this wise man is the one who has discovered this fact about the true nature of the self and therefore he has discovered this fact of the self being the dearest ignorant person being an extrovert person has not discovered this and therefore ignorant person the disciple also is ignorant the opponent also is ignorant both of them say that no it is someone other than the self that is dear <coughs> and this wise man gives one reply which is applicable to both of them <coughs> that his reply becomes a a ground for learning and realization knowledge for the disciple <coughs> where the same reply becomes an answer to silence the opponent <coughs> and what is the reply said verse 64 priyatvam rotsadi tevam uttaram vakti tatvavida svokta priyasya drishtat drishtatvam shishyo veti vivekatah what is tatvavit what does the wise man say replying to both of them priyatvam rotsadi o disciple and o opponent tvam to you priyah rotsadi so one whom you call priyam <coughs> one whom you call dear rotsadi will make you weep then you will find out that it is not dear who is the the dear is the one who makes me happy 
but what you consider dearest will someday make you weep. <coughs> when this is said, the disciple deliberates on this. What exactly does it mean? What I consider as dearest, such as my wife or child or friend or whoever, why should that make me weep? Then he starts thinking. Svokta priyasya dushyatvam shishyo vekti vivekataha vetri vivekataha Then shishya vivekataha vetri Shishya deliberates upon this statement of the teacher and sees the dushyatvam, sees the defects or the limitations involved with reference to what one calls dearest. And how does the shishya deliberate? That was stated in these three verses about the son. Alabhimanastaneha pitaru kleshechiram How a son is taken as an example. Why is it taken as an example? Because that's what was quoted earlier. Atmavai putranamasi. Earlier it was quoted that in fact the son is a self and son is a dearest. Therefore, son is taken here as an illustration which can be applied to any other object also or any other person. Alabhimanastaneha Pitaru Kleshechiram, as long as son is not there, the parents are really unhappy and sad they don't have a child. And they do all kinds of things in order that they can have a child. Labdhopi Garvapatena. Suppose a child, the woman bears the child alright, but then there can be miscarriage, causes tremendous grief. So the fellow was not there, then also grief. Miscarriage, then also grief. Suppose there is no miscarriage, Prasavena Chabadate. And there is a regular delivery. There is a tremendous pain associated with delivery. It causes pain. Jatasya graharogadhi. After being born in India, you could never tell how long, in those days, how long the child will survive. All kinds of diseases and things can happen to them. And then child may die because child death was not uncommon. So graharogadhi. Some kind of a graha and some kind of a roga, disease etc. may take place and the child may not survive. Suppose the child survives. Kumara such a murkhada. Child survives, becomes Kumara, becomes, you know, a boy. Murkhada would turn out to be murkha or a stupid fellow. Suppose turns out to be a retarded chap or something like that, or with brain damage. Then again, cause of problem for the whole life. Suppose he's okay, doesn't have any abnormalities. Upanete bi, alright, he's a normal child. Then avidyatvam, and therefore you initiate him into this. Uh, sacred thread initiated in Gayatri and the Vedic uh, learning and send him to Gurukram doesn't study anything then also problem for the parents Anudvahascha Pandita suppose he turns out a Pandita suppose he studies learns well and comes home as a learned person Anudvaha suppose he refuses to get married or you can't get him married that also is possible so there is no guarantee you know that necessarily you will get a match and therefore the son is young marriageable age and there is no match this happens and again, this causes a lot of worries to the parents, as much as to the son. And if his daughter causes even more worry, because daughter cause, always causes more worry to parents than son. Because it's all right if a son is unmarried, okay, doesn't matter. Daughter is unmarried, then what will happen or who will look after? You know, these kind of things. It's a protective, uh, uh, you know, society. Therefore, they are more worried about that. Suppose the son cannot be gotten married, again a problem. Yunascha paradaradi, suppose he got married, then Paradharadi might turn out to be a loose character and might, you know, chase somebody else's wife. Again, a problem. Daridram Chikutumbinaha. He doesn't do that and he has his own family. Daridram. Doesn't make much money. He's poor and suffering. Again, cause of grief for the parents. Pitror Dukhasinastyantaha. Dhani chain Miryatetada. Suppose he is wealthy. Miryatetada. Maybe he dies. Again, a problem. So imagine how many things must really happen. For a person not to be a problem or not to cause grief, how many things have to happen for somebody not to cause grief? I mean, you have to really understand, you know. That doesn't mean that one should not have a son or one should not proceed with life. It's not that this is meant to create fear. Or that we have to deal with life on the basis of fear. But the idea is that this is also something to be known, that's all. That there is dosha involved in everything. He could have written similar verses for wife also, you know. As long as he doesn't get married, when am I going to get married, what will happen, so on and so forth. Suppose he gets married, then he finds that some, those days, they may not, they are not allowed to meet or anything like that. They meet each other only on the day of the marriage, when they are actually marrying, you know. And then they see each other, he finds, oh boy, is this what I am married to? Then there is a problem, you know. 
And suppose you think that she's okay, then she may turn out to be the nature, who knows, you know, <laughs> and therefore, so all kinds of problems can be there, and therefore there is no guarantee. And therefore, what I thought to be Priyatama, the most beloved, can have so many problems, and therefore, once you understand, problems means what? That means it cannot, that my conclusion that, that is the object of love or the most beloved is not right, that's all. Then he realizes his mistake. And so he was all the time thinking about his son and wife and house because he thought that it was justified to look upon them as dearest. Now he realizes that is not so. And therefore, if he wants to dwell upon the one that is dearest, who is he? That's the self. All this is said to the Mumukshu naturally. It's not said to the Grihastha. This text is not addressed to a householder. It's addressed to a Mumukshu. For householder, there is Dharma Shastra. That they will sing the glories of sun and glories of married life, and which is also proper. So therefore, who do you say, what do you say to whom is very important. And therefore, we must know that this text is written to the people who are seeking knowledge, which requires a mind that is disposed for knowledge. Knowledge of any subject can occur when the mind is disposed, it is poised. And which mind it is which is disposed for knowledge of the self? Mind which is vairagya or dispassion. What is meant by vairagya? Freedom from passions. If there are passions, that mind cannot enjoy the poise and therefore there is no way to be able to be objective about the nature of things. A passionate mind cannot be objective, it will always superimpose its passions upon a thing and distort this and therefore can never be objective. So what we require is an objective mind, free from passions of likes and dislikes and therefore how to make the mind free so that it becomes objective and that to develop that healthy frame of mind or the proper frame of mind which is required for the knowledge, this Upadesha is. This Upadesha cannot be given to the person who is now going to start his life, you know, and you can't tell him this. That son means this and wife means that and you know, that, that means you are discouraging him. That would be wrong also. And therefore, when the, children, when the students graduate, then the teacher says in Taitri Upanishad, Acharyaya Priyam Dharmahrutya Prajatantumma Vivachetsihi. In the valedictory address, the teacher says to the disciples, when they are leaving and going home, Acharyaya Priyam Dharmahrutya. says, you must get adequate wealth for the teacher. As Guru Dakshina, when you earn. Right now, teacher was supporting them. Now other batch will come and naturally this has to go on. And who will support? The past students will support the Guru Kram. So, Acharyaya Priyam Dharma. That means you must go and earn. Prajatantum. So, you must get married. Earn. And give you a fair share. Prajatantum ma vivachetsihi. And make sure that Prajatantu, your lineage is not, uh, is not severe. That your son and his son, that this lineage continues. So, this is the Upadesha you give to the one who is going to enter the life of householder. This is the Upadesha you give to the one who has the, who has value for knowledge and, and renunciation or vairagya. So we must know, if you take this text as it is, then it may look as though the Hindu scriptures are teaching all negative things about life and they seem to take away all the zest of life and you know things like that. So it is, it, as I said, we must know what is meant for what, what is meant for whom. This is, this dosha darshanam, Seeing the doshas, the defects involved are for the people who are ready for that, not for just anybody else. Evam putragata dosha sankirtanam, in that case, thus the disciple, Shishya, deliberates upon the doshas involved with all possessions which he thought were dearest. Evam vivicha putradav pritim tektva. Evam vivicha, and thus deliberating in this manner, putradav pritim tektva. Becoming free from that attachment that there was for putra, wives, dara, etc., son, wife, and so forth, which attachment had arisen out of a, a lack of proper understanding. And now having understood properly their nature, that fascination which was there, that goes away. Nijatmani nischitya paramam nischitya paramam pritim and nijatmani paramam pritim nischitya nijatma in one's own self paramam pritim nischitya one should now come to this understanding or conviction that it is a self that is a dearest that someone is dear 
only because it is useful to the self or agreeable to the self. Something is dear not for the sake of that, but for the sake of the self. And that the real love or unconditional love always obtains for the self. Thus discover the self to be the object of unconditional love. <coughs> Nishchitya. Nijatmani pratyagrupe sakshani paramam niratashayam pritim nishchitya. Nijatma means one's own atma, the self. Pratyagrupe, the indwelling self. Sakshani, which is witness or awareness. Paramam niratashayam pritim nishchitya. Coming to this ascertain or coming to this conviction that the self indeed, which is sakshi, the witness, that is in fact the locus of the unconditioned, unconditional love. Tam pratyagatmanam vikshate tam aharnisham tam aharnisham vikshate tam pratyagatmanam aharnisham sarvada vikshate anusandhatte hityartha Now the disciple all the time dwells upon pratyagatma, the indwelling self. Why? He was seeking for the object of love. As I said, the mind automatically dwells upon that which is the object of love. And as long as I think that a given object is the, the real object of love, so long my mind will think of that. And now that the disciple has come to this conviction that no, it is the self that is the object of unconditional love, then he will be able to dwell upon the self. <coughs> so this is how Vedantic teachers want to bring the mind under mastery, control. Not by manipulating the mind. So, Vedantins do not like manipulation of anything. They don't want to interfere with the way of things. All this is by knowledge, cognition, meaning by understanding alone. That the mind has some problems or distractions or whatever is only because of its conclusions. Which conclusions are due to ignorance. And thus, we subject these conclusions to the scrutiny of knowledge, scrutiny of what is revealed by the scriptures or what is understood by us. And thus we look at those conclusions. Slowly and slowly we become free from the hold, the bondage or the sense of limitation that those conclusions or complexes brought about. <coughs> and this is how the instruction or the reply of the teacher, Priyam Tvam Rotsadi, that the one whom you consider dear will someday make you weep. Why someday? Every day actually. But some, you know, Rotsadi, he will make you weep. Every day they can make you weep, you know. But anyway, <coughs> so this is that enable the disciple who wanted to learn to be able to use that instruction or use the reply to ultimately develop a conviction about the self and then dwell upon the self all the time. And what does the very same reply do to the one who is opponent, one who has only come here to argue? How towards a pratiwadi or towards an opponent who has just come to argue? How that happens to a curse? So what is a blessing to one is a curse to the other one. That is what the verse 69 uh, tells us here, the author reveals that, explains it. Agrahad Brahma Vidveshad Agrahad Brahma Vidveshad Apipakshama Munchadaha Apipakshama Munchadaha Vadino Narakaf Proktaha Vadino Narakaf Proktaha Doshas Chabahu Yonishu Agrahad. This Prativadi, Prativadi means opponent. Opponent is a person who is not here to learn. He is here to just confirm his opinion or to, uh, to just oppose or argue with what you are saying. That is called Prativadi. It is not that everyone who asks a question is a, is a Pura Pakshira Prativadi or an opponent. Question can be asked with a desire to learn. And it's quite right. Question can be asked to question the understanding of the one who says or to refute what I say. So that is called Pratiwadi or an opponent. So opponent is the one whose mind is closed and he is confirmed about his own opinion and he doesn't want to change it. Doesn't His mind is not open and doesn't want to learn. So what does he say? Agrahat. On account of Agraha, 
on account of some kind of an insistence. Putradi priyatvam sarvasanatyajami. Some people they insist, it doesn't matter what you say. I, I hold to my opinion. Putradi priyatvam sarvasanatyajami. I'm not going to give up in any way my, the, my opinion that this son, etc., is the dearest. That opinion I'm not going to give up. That's all, for whatever reason. Swami, that's our upbringing, that's our culture, you know, whatever it is. In the name of culture or upbringing or something or the other, people want to hold on to their opinions. This is Western culture, this is Eastern culture, this is Western upbringing, Eastern and stuff like that, you know. It doesn't matter what the upbringing is. The facts are facts. There are certain realities of life, they are applicable wherever it is, not Eastern and Western. Vedanta is not an Eastern, you know, uh, it talks about only Eastern realities. That It talks about realities. The only thing, it, the illustration that Vedanta gives, perhaps, maybe in Eastern orientation, that's okay. Because that's where it grew. But it talks to, uh, talks about things which are applicable everywhere. And still people believe this is all Hindu, this is all Hinduism, this is all Eastern. And we are all Western and therefore, to, in order for me to justify my being Western, I must necessarily hold on to certain things or must have certain opinions or I must have a certain independence or freedom, whatever it is. And so some kind of funny situation is there in the mind which doesn't want to give up things. Even when it is, it is clear, at least to the one who says, but it somehow doesn't become clear to the one who hears. So, agraha, putradi priyatvam sarvasanatyajami, I'm not going to give up this. I will not give up something because this is my considered opinion. It evam rupat and brahma vidveshat. Sometimes there is a dvesha. Sometimes there is a dvesha, an aversion or a dislike towards something. Like this is Western, this is Eastern, this is Muslim, this is Hindu. And therefore when this is, this is you know, Indians are like this and Muslims are like this and Orientals are like this and Westerners are like this, you know, everybody has this kind of things. And when these kind of opinions are there, firmly rooted because of one's own prejudices or whatever one experiences were, then there is a tendency also to reject the, 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 the statement that is made by somebody, say, I don't like the person, therefore I reject also the view of the person. That's another thing. And so, even in India also, some people just think that the sannyasis, you know, so they think that this is all wrong, they are all misguiding, or they are good for nothing, or whatever it is. They, that's the opinion that many people have or renunciates. So whatever they say, they will never accept. They renunciates may have their own opinion about those people, and you know, I'm not saying that everybody that everybody is free from it, but the idea is that when we do not like certain things, and so uh, you may not like the Chinese people, you know, because for whatever they did, suppose they, they attacked India and they took away some territories and stuff like that, and therefore you are brought up with some kind of dvesha in your mind for the Chinese. Or because the Muslims, they invaded the in, in country for thousand years and did all kinds of things, you know, and so you are brought up with that. And then the mind becomes closed and therefore it won't be open to, to understand the realities as they obtain today. Muslim means this, nature, you know, <laughs> that's it. And so mind is closed. There can be a pious person there also, there can be an intelligent person, cannot be, you know. Or Muslims who think about Hindus, these fellows worshipping idols and stones and stuff like that. So the things are dismissed and therefore they can never accept. So even there may be 120 million Muslims in India, they would never open any of these things or never want to learn this naturally because uh, these are all Hindus. And similarly Hindus have nothing to do with Quran. And so all educated, whatever my education is, I don't know a word of it, would you believe that? And that shows how one is brought up, you know. And therefore you would have a certain opinion about those things. So here anyway the idea is how the dvesha is entertained by us. We entertain dveshas, prejudices, preconceived notions, and that closes our mind. So either two things close our mind. Why? See how nicely this verse says. Why does that fellow insist upon uh, insist upon arguing or insist upon opposing this? Agrahat, because he wants to hold on to certain opinion of his, for which he has an emotional investment, you know. So he's he sometimes we are brought we are brought up with certain opinions. And we have such an emotional association with those opinions. Swami, I am brought up in Dvaita tradition and therefore that's it. And so Lord Krishna 
is only somebody I worship. You can't say, I am Lord Krishna, or he is, he is, you know, he is not separate from me, I can't accept it. So, this emotional problem. Even the intellect understands, the heart doesn't allow certain things to happen. So, this kind of emotional agrahas or insistence are also there. Or, some kind of dvesha, a prejudice is there, to, towards the one who says this. So, Brahma Vidvesha. And what is the dvesha there? Anena Uktam Vigataishyami, he says. He says, I am going to refute whatever this person says, you know, that's all. So, Anena Uktam Vigataishyami, I am going to refute whatever he says. <coughs> This kind of a dvesha or, or the aversion or dislike or hatred this person has on account of that. Abhi paksham amunchataha paksham putradhinameva priyatu abhinana rupam amunchataha aparityajataha And therefore, he does not want to give his paksha or his opinion that no, I insist that this is right. That the son is the dearest, the wife is the dearest, this is the dearest and not atma. So one who does not want to give up this paksha, this kind of an opinion, vadino narakah <coughs> So, you know what is a shapa? Shapa means a curse. So he says, vadinah, pratiwadinah. For such an opponent, narakah proktaha, the verse says. For him there is naraka. Naraka means hell. Naraka praptahi, he is going to get, so this is shapa, curse. That you will go to hell, you know. Doesn't say, but that it, it works out that way. Doshascha bahuyonishu, bahuyonishu, tiryagadishu, anekeshu janmasu doshah. Not only that, but he will, has to, he will have to pass through so many varieties of births, animals and all kinds of births. Doshah. And then all kinds of grief he will have to go, he will have to suffer. Is it the curse? It is not that the wise man has cursed him. It is his opinion that actually curses him. Naturally. Because if I look upon wife or child or some such object and I worship that, I become worshipper of that. Because whatever is dearest to me, that's what I worship. And if I worship that, where am I going to be led to? That means I worship material. I worship a mundane thing. And so naturally, I will do whatever is necessary for my child. And if necessary, I will even say con- compromise dharma, you see, in order for his welfare. And they create, more you do something, more you do things for them, more problems they create. And therefore, a time comes when you have to compromise your values and, you know, dharma and everything else. And therefore, naraka comes. Not because somebody curses you, that naraka has come, or hell. But this kind of hell, or this experience has come because of my extreme attachment and fascination for something that is transient. Something that is uh, unpredictable and something that uh, keeps on changing for that when all my total emotional investment is I am naturally taken for a ride in my life and therefore uh, soon before I realize I am I find myself compromising my values of dharma etc. and that is how naraka that's how the pain or suffering of hell and then since I continue to believe that putra, bharya, wife, children, etc., they alone are the object who are dearest. Putra, bharya, the ishta vyoga, vyoga, anishta, anishta prapti rupaha, praktaha, doshaha. The natural, keep on taking births, keep on again investing myself into this wife and son and whatnot, and keep on suffering from that separation and from disappointments and all that happens. Priyam tvam, and therefore, when the wise man says this, see how interesting it is. When the wise man says to these two fellows that the one that is dear to you will make you weep, the disciple, that statement helps the disciple to see the doshas or defects involved and become free from the false fascination for them. Whereas to the person who is bent upon holding out his opinion, he will not, he will not accept this and ultimately he will have to weep because he did not give up the attachment or fascination for those things. And what is meant by weeping? They'll take you to hell. They'll take you to so many births and deaths and they will make you go through so much pain and suffering of 
separation from your near and dear ones and so forth, which are the facts of life. And that is what is meant by Rotsati will make you weep. So not it's just one's weeping and you are done with, in weeping of the nature of this law. And someday again you may wake up with some viveka and then hopefully you may, until then, this weeping meaning, this suffering continues. So, this is how one statement turns out to be a boon for the disciple and a curse for the, the opponent. <coughs> Then now the discussion continues. Nanu jnanina uktasya ekavakyasya shishyampti upadesha rupatvam vadinam pradi shapa rupatvam chayadi viruddham rupadvam katham ghatade jnanina uktasya ekavakyasya He says, look, this jnani of the wise man merely uttered one sentence. Priyam tvam rotsyati The one whom you look upon as priya or the dear will make you weep. This is one vakya that the wise man said. Of that sta- statement, shishyam prati upadesha rupatvam, that, the one, that one statement seems to serve two contradictory purposes. Shishyam prati upadesha rupatvam. For the disciple, that very statement becomes a means of upadesha or means of teaching. Vadinam prati shapa rupatvam cha. And the very statement turns out to be shapa or curse to the prativadi or to this opponent. It is virudham rupadvam katham ghatade. How can one sentence accomplish these two contradictory objectives? Or how can rather how can one statement have these two contradictory effects? That to the shishya or the disciple is the effect of making him enlightened, and to the opponent it is the effect of cursing him to to what, you know, to endless pain, how is it possible that one statement serves these two totally contradictory, I mean, brings about two contradictory effects? Ityashankya, with this doubt, says, Uttara Pradatuhu Ishvara Rupatvat Uttara Pradatuhu Ishvara Rupatvat He says, well, we are talking about a Brahmavit, a Nora Brahma or a wise man. And who is the wise? Uttara Pradatahu, the one who is giving this reply, namely wise man, Ishvara Rupatvad, because he is not separate from God. Tasya Abhipraya Anusarana Obhayam Bhavishyati. And therefore, whatever his Abhipraya or whatever his intention is, that intention will be fulfilled. That he wants to bless his disciple and he wants to curse the opponent, both of them will be fulfilled by one sentence because he has that capability in his words because he is not separate from God. Idimatva, <coughs> this is said again in order to explain a passage from Burhadaranika Upanishad. Understand that the, the author here is in fact uh, explaining to us passages from Upanishads also. So whatever sequence of thought obtains in, in the Upanishad that sequence of thought also is blended into this discussion very nicely. He blends into the whole discussion the kind of trend that obtains in the Upanishad. So it's a brilliant way of treating that he, he takes the passages from Upanishad also and he threads them through in such a manner, weaves the whole thought in such a manner that all of them flow in one pattern of thought development. Uttara Pradatuhu Ishvara Rupatvad Since the one who is giving reply he is not separate from, he is, he is Ishwara himself, he is, he is Samartha, Ishwara here means Samartha is capable. Tasya abhipraya anusarana ubhayam bhavishyati and therefore both of these can happen depending on, in keeping with his intention. Idimatva tad upapadakasya Ishwaroha tasaivasyad Again, a statement in Brahadarnika Upanishad says Ishwaroha tasaivasyad The Ishwaraha. Ishwara means Lord. See, what Ishwara means, of course, God. But what Ishwara also, in our common parlance, means one who is Samarthaha, or one who is capable. He is also called, like a king also is called Ishwara. So, the one who is capable can accomplish anything. And therefore, Ishwara hoi Ishwara tathaivasya, that one who is Samartha or capable, is like that, that whatever be his intention, that intention gets fulfilled. <coughs> It is samanandra vakyasya tatparimaha and 
that is the tatparya. He stated that statement is explained in verse 17. <coughs> this is by the way, this is being stated by the way. I mean, uh, how the opponent comes in this is not the main subject matter. But it is included here in order to complete the discussion of the passage that appears in the Brahadarnika Upanishad. Brahma vid Brahma Rupatvad Brahma vid Brahma Rupatvad Ishwarastena Varanitam Ishwarastena Varanitam Yadyatat Tathaivasyad Yadyatat Tathaivasyad Tashishya Pratibadinoho Tashishya Pratibadinoho Brahma vid Brahma Rupatvad Brahmavid meaning the knower of Brahma. Yataha Brahmavidaha Swasya Brahmatva Anubhavad Ishwaratva Masti. Since this as Upanishad says, Brahmaveda, Sayohavai Brahmaveda, Brahmayuhavadi. Says Mundaka Upanishad. That one who knows Brahma becomes Brahma. So one who knows Brahma becomes Brahma. Doesn't become Brahma, discovers himself to be Brahma. Because self is Brahma. One who knows Brahma, knows Brahma as a self, and therefore discovers the self to be Brahma. <coughs> However, since you did not know that self was Brahma, Brahma was so far what? An object of uh, something that you were searching for, something that you were seeking or accomplished, seeking to accomplish in your life. And therefore you can say that now I am accomplished, in fact it is accomplishment of what is already accomplished. And still it can be called an accomplishment because because of ignorance it was as though unaccomplished. Just as there is a key bunch in my pocket and I do not know that it is there and how I keep searching for it all around and then I discover it then I say I got it. I didn't get it some, you know I already had it and still the effect is I got it. Because of ignorance what I already had also was as good as not, as good as I did not have. And so also I am Brahma but at the moment I am as good as not Brahma because that ignorance deprives me of the benefit of what I am and therefore by knowledge as though I became Brahma. <coughs> Brahmatvanuvhatishwaratva Masti and that brings about a lot of strength. In fact the weakness also is due to our own mind. See whatever whatever powers or strength or the abilities the mind has all of them are at the moment squandered away or scattered away or wasted away because of all kinds of conflicts in my own mind. And a lot of energy is just wasted that way. And when those conflicts are not there, when the mind becomes poised naturally, whatever ability the strength the mind has, those things become available, which were not available. For the wise man now whose mind has become free from conflict, has become poised, whatever capabilities the mind had, they are there in him. And so that is why he is also, you say that, because you get some powers, etc. But perhaps these powers are there in the mind to begin with, and they are not available on account of, they are all concealed or veiled behind these conflicts, behind the ragadveshas, behind ego, etc. And when those obstacles are removed, the powers which are there in the mind also become manifest. And therefore we can say that he is Ishwara, he has become somebody who is very capable. Tena varanitam yadyat tattat tathaivasyat shishya pratibhadino ho. Since he is Ishwara, since he is a capable one, samarthaha, samartha means he is powerful or capable, therefore shishya pratibhadino ho prati. So, uh, towards shishya and the pratibhadi, towards the disciple and towards the opponent, yadyat varanitam, whatever is said, Tattattasevasyat, that happens exactly that way. Tenayam shishyadikam prati yadyat ishtam anishtam va abhidhyate. So, towards the disciple or towards the opponent, towards anybody else, whatever desirable or undesirable thing he says for them. Tattattat shishya pratiwadino ho, tasthit jnaninaha iha shishya hai, yashya pratiwadi, tayoho tasevasyat. It is said that for an ignorant person, the mind. You know, the, he runs after his words. And for the wise man, the words run after him. It's a difference. Meaning that whatever Rashi says, it turns out to be true. The truth is in accordance with the words. 
In case of an ignorant person, the words will have to be in accordance with the truth. In case of wise man, the truths are in accordance with the words. Therefore, whatever he says comes to be true. That is called Vaksiddhi. If you use your abilities of the speech with austerity, then the speech becomes powerful. Every limb can become powerful. The speech has tremendous power and the mind has power. If they are just squandered away in all kinds of useless talking and useless thinking, it's all squatters, you know, squandered away. If all those things are conserved, well, the mind or the speech, their real powers can be revealed. And so for the wise man it is said, therefore, that whatever he says comes true. It's called, so, or whatever he thinks comes true. That purity of the mind, satya sankalpaha, whatever sankalpa he makes, whatever uh, desire, intention he entertains, that becomes truth. That is why Mundaka Upanishad says, tasmat atmagnyam hyarchet bhudikamaha. Therefore, the one who is desirous of wealth should worship a atmagnyam, the knower of the self. Or the one who is desirous of knowledge should also worship the knower of the self. That's why in India, so much respect given to the to sannyasis and to mahatmas. Only with this, that if they think favorably of us, then we will be blessed, you know. And that is how, that's the tradition. But anyway, here it is said that since this wise man is not, he is Ishwara, meaning he, he has those, his capabilities. Yet, yad yad ishtam anishtam whatever good or bad, desirable, undesirable, he says, towards the Shishya or towards Prativadi, Ishta Manishtam Va Avashyam Bhavet, that Ishta desirable, Anishta undesirable definitely happens. Or Taitri I mean this Tattva Buddha says interestingly, that wise man performs actions and the actions that he performs may be classified as Punya and Papa, let us say. So what happens if he is not bound by the actions, he is, he is no more tainted by the actions that he performs or he is no more uh, connected with the results of the action, what happens to the results? Then says Tattvavod that those who Jnaninam Stuvanti, those people who worship him and praise him, they get all his Punya. And those people who condemn him and censure him, they get all his Papa. That's how his Punya Papa are divided. That's the reason why always stay away from criticizing or condemning because you never know and therefore moment you do ninda, criticize somebody, condemn somebody, make sure, be sure that the papa comes there. It's good, therefore, some people invite criticism. They say, so, it is said, you know, that when a sadhu is is cursed or criticized or abused, he says, good, my papa is going away, you know. And when they praise him and stuff, he doesn't like that because he knows that he's going to cause his, his punya, you know, therefore. So, he says, this fellow is actually, when somebody curses him or insults him, he says, he is my most And so he said, Pratishtha Sukhari Vishtha. As far as the Pratishtha is concerned, Pratishtha means fame. They shun the fame always, as you shun something undesirable. And this is how the, uh, the seekers are being told. Never run after fame, never run after recognition, because you have to pay the price of it. And never worry about criticism or censure or what insult or dishonor, because that will purify you. So all those things will purify you and then after recognition that is going to bring its own its own blemishes with you. Anyway, this is all orthodox way of saying things. I mean, you know, these are the things that one has to discover for oneself. But by the way, the discussion was here that how come one statement from this wise man, how could it accomplish two contradictory, if uh, bring about two contradictory effects? He says that is the strength that his words have. <coughs> Okay, so that part is over. Now continuing. Vyatireka mukhena uktasya arsasya anvaya mukhena pratipadakam See, we have no interest in talking about this pratipadi or opponent. But in the scriptures, you also find the ninda. This is called arthavada. 
the main statements are in Vedanta Tattvamasi Aham Brahmasmi the Mahavakya is the main statements the rest of the statements are called Avantara Vakya the supporting statements and some of the statements are called Arthavada Arthavada means the, uh, that which actually shows you the meaning or the significance or importance of the principle so by praising something that is agreeable or conducive to what you want to convey and by condemning something which is opposed to that that way it creates in you the value for the main thing. Similarly, in the Karmakanda, in the ritualistic section, when there is a vidhi or an injunction, that suppose they want you to make, they want you to enjoin, they want they enjoin upon you performance of some action. Then they will also praise all the benefits to be gained from that. And they will also uh, criticize or condemn the non-performance of the action. What happens if you don't do? Just as if you want to encourage the child go to go to school, you praise the person who have gone to school and graduated and how wonderful they are. And you also condemn or criticize those who have not gone to school. And thus, you are not telling the child to go to school directly. But you create in him a value for going to school that is indirectly telling him. So, similarly also, this kind of discussions where the opponent is criticized, and the seeker is praised, is only to create a value. The, we do not have any interest in, in proving somebody wrong or criticizing somebody, but it is to create a value in the seeker, that yes, this is a line of thinking, that is what is desirable, and this is a line of thinking that is undesirable. <coughs> so, vyatireka mukena uktasya arthasya. So, this artha, what we seek to convey that Atma is Priyatama, is the object of, is the locus of unconditioned love, or unsurpassable love. This is what is sought to be conveyed. That was conveyed in a negative way, by saying, if this fellow does not believe, what happens to him? And now, says the one who accepts that, what happens to him? So, Anvayam Mukhena, Pratipadakam, Atmanameva Priyamupasita, say, Atmanameva Priyamupasita, Nehasya Priyam Pramayukam Bhavati. Again, a passage from Bhadaranika Upanishad which says, Atmaneva Priyam Upasita. Therefore, may one meditate upon the Atma who is Priya or he who is the dearest. May one meditate upon the Atma or the Self who is dearest. Say, Atmanam Eva Priyam Upasite, Nehasya Priyam Pramayukam Bhavati. The one who meditates upon the Atma as the dearest, for him, Priyam Pramayukam Nabhavati. He never gets separated from that which is dear to him. The one who meditates upon the self as the dearest never gets separated from the one that is dear. Saying that one who meditates upon Anatma as the dearest becomes separated from what is dearest. On the other by saying that Priyam Tvam Rotsati. That which is dear to you, namely son or wife or whatever it is, will make you weep, meaning that you'll be separated from that, because weeping comes by separation from what is dear, desirable. So, when separation from what you love creates a lot of pain. And so, the one who meditates upon anatma, non-self as the dearest, comes to weep, because he'll be separated from that. On the other hand, one who meditates upon the self as the dearest, will never be separated from the dearest, and therefore, will never come to grief. <coughs> So that is now stated in a positive way. It is samanandaravakyam arthadav pathati. And that passage is explained in verse 71. Yastu sakshinam atmanam Yastu sakshinam atmanam Sevate priyamuttamam Priyamuttamam Tasya preyana savatma Tasya preyana savatma nanashyatikadachana nanashyatikadachana Yastu sakshanam atmanam sevate priyam uttamam Yastu the one to on the other hand. So one who on the other hand sakshanam atmanam sevate Tu shabdaha ukta vailakshanit dyotanartha now to distinguish this person from the earlier one who was an opponent. To distinguish, this is the one who is the one who 
who is a seeker and who know and who who is uh, who gets instruction from the teacher yastu anatma priyatvavadinah anyo yashishyah atmanameva uttamam priyam nirdisham prem gocharam sevade so that disciple who is other than this prativadi or the opponent and who thus understands the statement of the teacher sees the doshas involved in atma and thus comes to the conviction that atma the self alone is the dearest to the object of love atmanameva uttamam priyam nirdisham prem gocharam sevade it is true that other objects and people are also objects of love but they are objects of love because of self this fellow thought that they are objects of love because of themselves well this shishya knows that disciple knows that if i love someone or something that is because there is a love reflected of the there is love for the self is reflected in them therefore they are objects of love and not by themselves so atmanameva uttamam therefore he meditates upon the self as uttamam uttamam means uttamam priyam niratisham prema gocharam looks upon meditates upon the self as one that is the object of unsurpassable love sevate sada atmanam smarati this is all the time remembers the self as that which is priyatama which is the most beloved which is the object of the unconditional love this is how he constantly remembers or meditates upon the self and what happens see the other fellow was made was 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 cursed so he went to hell and went to so many other births and deaths and suffered so many pangs of separation from the dear ones whereas what happens to this one tasya priyan asau atma nanashyadi nanashyadi kadachana tasya shishyadehe for a disciple or for a seeker like that priyan asau atma priyatamatvena abhimatah asau atma prativadi abhimatam priyameva nakadachit vinashyadi the one that is looked upon by the seeker as a dearest never deserts him in other other case when i looked upon the non self as a dearest that deserts me either goes away from me or betrays me or turns out to be different from what i thought it to be so either i am betrayed or i am separated from that atma never betrays you never does it ever get separated from you it never turns out to be different from that you and therefore it ever remains faithful therefore he gets never separated from the object of love how to love see vidanda teaches us a love is something very precious and very important don't squander it on useless things and therefore focus it where it should be so shishyadehe priyan priyatamatvena abhimatah savatma this atma who is looked upon or who is understood by the disciple as the most beloved nakadachit vinashyati he never deserts him he never goes out of his sight not like the some line not like the other fellow who thought anatma somebody other than himself as the object of dear, i mean as a dearest how that object deserted him because it died or because it changed its fancy because it betrayed him whatever it is all that is likely to happen there never is this self navinashyati he never dies never goes out of the sight so nash adarshanay nashyati nash means adarshanay nash meaning going out of sight that atman never goes out of sight kintu sadananda rupasan avabhasate ityartah on the other hand sadananda rupasan being of the nature of sada anand hai the nature of ever joy or happiness avabhasate ever shines as one who is of the nature of ananda hai <coughs> इंदर इत्थम आत्मन परेमास्परत्वेतुम प्रसाद इदानीं फलितमाह इत्थम इन दिस मैनर आत्मन परेमास्परत्वेतुम प्रसाद हैविंग नाउ एकाम्प्लिश्ड और हैविंग एस्टाब्लिश्ड दट आत्मा इज दियरेस्ट परेमास्परत्वेतुम आत्मा इज द हेतु आत्मा इज दि मोस्ट बिलवेड और आत्मा इज अवन for which i have unconditional love why is this being discussed here 
the first time we discuss love in Vedanta, you know. Vedanta always discuss Ananda. But here, what is discussed is love, is interesting. So what was the reason for the author, for the teacher, to establish that Atma or the Self is the object or locus of unsurpassable or unconditioned love? What is the reason? Idanim Paritamaha. The conclusion or what is the result of that is being stated in the verse 72. Paraprema-spadatvena Paraprema-spadatvena Paramananda-rupata Paramananda-rupata Sukha-vruddhiv-priti-vruddhav Sukha-vruddhiv-priti-vruddhav Sarva-bhavamadishushrata Sarva-bhavamadishushrata Paraprema-spadatvena Paramananda-rupata Paraprema Aspadatvena, since Atma is Paraprema Aspada, Aspada, the locus. Prema, the love. Parama, unsurpassable, limitless. Since Atma is the locus or the, the object of unconditional or unsurpassable love. Therefore, Paramananda Rupata Atmana. Therefore, Atma is of the nature of Paramananda. Since there is Parama Prema, See, prema means love, and parama-prema means unqualified love. Therefore, we say that, since there is unqualified, unconditional love for the self, therefore we say that, atmanaha paramananda rupata, atma is of the nature of paramananda. Meaning of the nature of unqualified happiness, limitless happiness. Because where the love is, there the happiness is. Love can be only for that which makes me happy. Swami, that's not right. I love someone who, who makes me unhappy. Maybe you may continue to love someone who makes you unhappy in the hope that it will make you happy someday. That's all. Nobody can love someone who makes you unhappy. But if you continue to love or continue to maintain, hang on, or continue to maintain relationship, it's only because we have hope that things may turn around and someday again that hap- that object, that person may become the source of happiness. If it is concluded that that can never happen, I don't think that love can be maintained. Not possible. Because basically we love the self. And self is of the nature of ananda or happiness. So happiness is something that we naturally love. And whenever that, wherever that happiness is available, that is loved by the way. First love is for happiness, and second love is for the person, or the object, or the thing. If that person or object stops being the source of happiness, uh, you know, then I have to excuse myself. I will excuse myself. You cannot continue with that. <coughs> Atrayam prayogaha. And therefore, this inference is, is, in, is in fact stated here. Atma paramananda rupaha. That atma is paramananda rupaha of the nature of infinite ananda or infinite happiness. Why is it so? Niratishaya prema vishayatvat Because Atma is vishaya or the object of niratishaya prema. Since Atma is the object of limitless love or unconditional love, therefore we say that Atma also is of the nature of unconditional happiness or limitless happiness. Why do you say that? Yaf paramananda rupa namhavati saha niratishaya prema vishayatvati we know that the one that does, is not the object of happiness also does not become the object of love. And that which is not the object of unconditional happiness also is not the object of unconditional love. So love also is conditioned. I love somebody, suppose, also it is conditioned. It is based on certain subject to certain conditions being satisfied. As long as my conditions are satisfied, so long that person or a thing remains the object of love, and when those conditions are not satisfied, or I change conditions, of course, then it no more remains an object of love. Either my conditions are not satisfied because the object turns out different from what I thought it to be, or my own conditions change. Now I don't like, now I don't like this. Formerly I liked it, but I don't care now. That's all. I thought a certain shape of nose is wonderful. At that time I thought, I don't think so now. Then what do you do? Then it's bad luck, you know. But anyway, so mind being what it is, something it likes today, 
something he doesn't like today. <coughs> so our love is generally what we call subject to conditions. And therefore, where there is conditional happiness, there is conditional love. Unconditional happiness, unconditional love. There is nothing in the world, whatever, that can give me unconditional love except the self. And therefore, there is unconditional happiness there. <coughs> Yatha ghatadhi iti, just as pot, etc., sometimes are object of love, not all the time, because they are not always the source of happiness, they are sometimes the source of happiness. Therefore, they are never not, not there is nothing in the world that becomes the object of unconditional love. <coughs> it, although, of course, the, uh, there is Bhakti Shastra in Vedanta, which also teaches us that if you want to love, love without conditions. The love is that where no conditions are involved. I, I love you, provided such and such conditions are satisfied. But that is not love. So today when they get married, they make a contract. That when we separate, then this much wealth will come to you, nothing more. When we separate, then the division, they already, already provide for separation. You know, when they get married, the contract already talks, takes, I mean, talks about what will happen when we separate or when we get divorced. So then naturally they are planning for divorce, I guess. That's about all. And so, uh, this kind of conditions and contract cannot be there in love. Or to the extent that they are there, to that extent the love is stifled. Or to that extent it becomes conditional. Yatha ghatadhidi kevalam vitregi parma premana spada hetoho parma prema spadatva hetoho atmanah paramananda rupada sadhane samartha dyotanaya so, parama prema spadatva hetuho atmanah, therefore atma, which is the object of unconditional love, also is therefore of the nature of unconditional happiness. Samarcha dyotanaya, in order to support this, priti vruddhau sukhavruddhim udaharati. The author in the second line of the verse gives an example of how, when a thing becomes more an object of happiness, how there is more love there. So we find more love where more happiness is, less love where less happiness is. My son is dearer to the son of my neighbor. I play with him also, but my son is dearer. Why? Because he gives me greater joy than the other one. Sometimes other fellow may give greater joy, then people like that and they, they overlook their own son. That also happens. I neglect my own son and I always play with my neighbor's son because that fellow gives me more happiness for whatever reason. Whoever gives me more happiness, naturally, that is where the love is, and this is what is stated in the second line. Sukha vruddhi priti vruddhau. Yataha sarvahomadi hairanya garbhanteshu padavisheshu. Yatretra priti vardhade tatra tatra sukha vruddhi asti. See, what is it that I like? I like to become what? I like to become rich. Then what? More than that, I like to become. Uh, the, uh, what shall I say, the governor, you know, of the state. Better than what? Better than that, I like to become a secretary in the, in the cabinet. Better than that, I like to become the vice president. And better than that, the president. So I have love, greater and greater love for these positions. Why? Because they are greater and greater sources of happiness. That is why whatever is judged by me as the greatest source of happiness, that is where the greater love is. <coughs> and you know in Taitri Upanishad, in Brahadaranika Upanishad, as well as Taitri Upanishad, there is what we call Ananda Mimamsa. There is this gradation of Ananda or happiness described. Yuvasyat sadhu yuvadhyayakaha asishto dhradishto balishtaha tasyam prasvi sarva vittasya purnasyat sayeko manusha anandaha. Imagine there is a young man Sadhu Yuvasyat and culture and Ashishtaha, Dhrishtaha, Balishtaha, well educated, healthy, capable, every way perfect. Tasyayam Prasvi Sarvavittasya Purnasyat. Suppose this young man has also this whole, he rules the whole earth which is full with all, full of all the riches, riches and resources. Imagine that he has everything at his command and he is educated, culture and and capable of enjoying life at the same time, one who has the right ideas. Sayeko manushan. That is the maximum ananda that of a human being. 
Saiko Manasa Anandaha. Call it one unit of Ananda. Multiply that by hundred, one unit of Ananda of Manusya Gandharva. Multiply that by one hundred, one unit of Ananda of Deva Gandharva. Multiply that by one hundred, one unit of Ananda of the Pitru. Multiply that by one hundred, one unit of Ananda of Ajana Devas. Multiply that by one hundred, one unit of Ananda of Karma Devatas. Multiply that by one hundred, one unit of Ananda of Devatas. Multiply that by one hundred, one unit of Ananda or happiness of Indra. Multiply that by one hundred, one unit of happiness of Brahaspati. Multiply that by one hundred, one unit of happiness of Prajapati. Multiply that by one hundred, one unit of happiness of Brahma. And that is the happiness that the wise man has. <coughs> All this and that also. This is how it is said, as the Ananda, that is why people have greater and greater ambitions because my love is for that which offers me greater and greater happiness. Sukha vruddhi, priti vruddhau, as the love arises, this happiness also arises. Sarvahoma, this is Shruta. Sarvahoma means beginning from the kingdom of this whole earth, right up to Hiranyagarbha. We see a tartamya, a gradation of increasing intensity of happiness. And there is a gradation of increasing intensity of love. So love and happiness are always associated, they are always together. More the love, more happiness. Source, you know, more happiness, more love. Ataha pritehe nirdishayatve sati anandasyabhi nirdishayatva mogandum shakyadeni bhavaha. And therefore, since we have an unsurpassable, unconditional love for the self, it is, we can infer that atma is of the nature of unsurpassable or unconditional happiness. Thus this discussion shows how Atma is of the nature of Paramananda, limitless happiness. <coughs> Om Purnamadav Purnamidam Purnat Purnamudachyade Purnasya Purnamadaya Purnameva Vashishyade Om Shanti 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 Shankaram Shankaracharyam Keshavam Badarayanam Sutra Bhashyakrutau Vande Bhagavantau Punafpunah Ishvaro Gururatmedi Murti Bheda Vibhagine Vyomavadvyapta Dehaya Dakshinamurtaye namaha Om Shanti 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 Hari Om Shri Gurubhyo namaha Hari Om